You're Abby Normals. Welcome to Deeply what Disturbing Things. Oh my God, why? What were you doing? She's oh, getting all anxious because we talked about being anxious. anxious. Okay, sorry. It's don't. been a while since we've been in person doing it. Okay. My anxiety. You were, is you awful. were drunk last time. I was so embarrassing. <laughs> I couldn't even watch it. You did so good, though. You offered a lot to the episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And since we only had one topic, it was good. It fluffed it out. Yeah, I love a good fluff. All right, all right. Let's go. Dear Abby Normals, welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And I'm Sarah. And we're three anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Woohoo! We are going to review the 1990 film Flatliners tonight. Yeah. So if you have not watched it yet, stop. Stop. Go watch it and then come back and listen. And then we can all discuss it together. Yes. I had to finish watching it right before this after class. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Both of y'all. Time management. <laughs> I work great under pressure. pressure. Deadlines. I mean, I when I have to do it, I will. <laughs> Me too. So this came out from our last episode. Do you yeah. want to share how this came up? Um, from your near-death experience topic. Yes. Because that's yes. what this film is about. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I I was a whole lot of surprised about this film, but I'll wait till we dive into it. But um, yeah. I have um, our film review peppered with some fun facts mm-hmm. that I'll be sprinkling in. We love yeah. a good fluff. Here and there. <laughs> <laughs> this film, it's 1990, which is basically the 80s. Mm-hmm. Starves Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, Billy Baldwin, and Oliver. Platt. I wrote down in my notes that I didn't bring, like, wow, all the actors. Like, it was like, oh, you're famous, you're famous, you're mm-hmm. famous, you're famous. You're, it was like all of them. All famous. Mm-hmm. All the big hitters. Yeah. Um, I did learn that there's a 2017 remake semi sequel <laughs> with oh. Kiefer Sutherland and Elliot Page, but hmm. we are not watching reviewing that one we are watching and reviewing the 1991 mm-hmm. so here's your first fun fact julia roberts and Kiefer sutherland started dating during filming they mm-hmm. ended up getting engaged but julia roberts ultimately broke it off and ended up marrying lyle lovett do you remember when they were married uh, no but everyone yeah. kind of was like didn't understand <laughs> it because you know Julie Roberts is traditional beauty and Lyle Lovett some say he looked kind of goofy um it didn't really last she looked at his personality maybe I mean who knows I don't know either one of them um it did not last forever my squish which is neither here nor there no I'm trying not to invade your space some relationships just aren't meant to last forever right that's okay Flatliners was written and conceived by Peter Filardi after a friend of his had a a near-death experience. Sorry, you can't say that word and not expect us to listen to the rest of the sentence. Wait, not expect us to. I don't expect He conceived it. He did not carry that and birth it. (laughs) He thought of it. He thought it. Thank you. So he got fascinated with with this subject because he felt like it was really not explored in mm-hmm. film it was like unexplored territory mm-hmm. and really thought that it was a new frontier for people of that generation 
Yeah. Like when I was watching it, like they talked about that quite a bit, just even in the film, like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is like untouched areas. We'll really get those baby boomers. We're like go into the moon here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Get them. Uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. The opening line. Today's a good day to die. Mm. I enjoyed that. I wrote, yeah, I wrote down a, a few good things I didn't bring. Oh, there was, yeah. There, they had a few good, like, good lines notes. in there. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Keeper said one. I'll have to remember, too, that I wanted to know. I like things to just hook me right away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to suffer through it and think, this is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. I want to be, like, right away in. And that line did it for me. Plus, I liked his kind of goth vibe you know, yeah keeper bad boy kind of yeah i've always liked keeper since lost boys yes lost boys so there's three main characters keeper sutherland who plays dark and brooding nelson right kevin bacon who plays like the rock and roll med student <laughs> david labratio who in the opening scene gets suspended mm-hmm. and then julia roberts who plays racial McManus or Manus, I can't remember. Mm. And uh and her hair was on point. She's trying to take hair. get taken seriously in a misogynistic mm. world. Um, she's Medicine. called frigid or repressed because mm. she's like not interested in dating this guy. Mm-hmm. And then we have like the two other kind of side characters, Billy Baldwin, who I thought looked very cute in this. Um movie. so hot. <laughs> I know, I was which like, one was he? Which one? Joe Hurley, the playboy who films himself having sex with people without their knowledge. Was it that guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. That Baldwin existed. Like, There's like so many Baldwins. I had no okay. cute Baldwin. Okay. There's a lot of Baldwins. There was. You get to see his butt if you're interested in watching the movie. It's to show it. Like I don't know. It's a little smoldering look. Is just kind of cute. Smoldering. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Got like. No one of all of our creepy that he was recording all the chicks that he was. And by the way, I didn't think that because of the whole situation that he was in. It was like right from the beginning. I was like, wait a second. I've never noticed this Baldwin before. Like, (laughs) Oliver Platt plays Randy Steckle, the pragmatic one. I don't know if it's Billy Baldwin or one of the others that was in a movie I really liked in the 90s called Threesome, which is about a threesome. Is that Billy Baldwin or is that another one? Maybe yeah. I don't remember. We'll have to look it up I've later. I really like the soundtrack of that movie. Hmm. So those are the main um characters, those mm-hmm. five. So Nelson, he's trying to recruit his fellow med students to bring him back to life after he intentionally dies, so he can explore what happens after we die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was interesting how they really he's like you know this is where philosophy failed and religion has failed like now we must use science to figure out what is that missing piece the power of science science here's the procedure as described by nelson number one anesthetize him with sodium pentothal and nitrous oxide can i can i pause and just say yeah please do not do this Mm. this is only a movie for entertainment purposes only as is this podcast disclaimer go ahead number two cool down his body temperature with a refrigerated blanket number three when his body temp reaches 86 degrees fahrenheit zap him with 200 joules to stop the heartbeat four 
when the heart is quote unquote dead, take off the nitrous mask. And number five, when the EEG flat lines, hence the name of the movie, <laughs> wait 30 seconds and then begin warming the body. Mm-hmm. When the body has reached 96 degrees Fahrenheit, inject one cc adrenaline and wait for one more minute. And then finally, zap him again with the defibrillator in order to start his heart beating again. So the first one was just going to be like very quick, less than a minute and bring him back. I really like the Gothic backdrop. Like what is this med school? I know. I, I was like, it looked like <laughs> an old church and yeah. It was like sketchy. really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, looks maybe not the most sanitary. Yeah. Like it needed to be cleaned. Like still. a warehouse style. Do you think it's a fictional med school or is that a real med school? A fictional med school. <laughs> I wanted it to be real. I didn't see really many other characters other than like the few like patients that they showed. It looked like a war hospital where they ran out of space in the real hospital. And right, right, right. And like the other half of the building is blown up and you just don't see that side of it. But it's like a crisis. (laughs) It was cool, though. It was it was good to see you remind. Yeah, like. Kind of crow vibes in that way, it like gave the ambiance. Yeah. yeah, kind of set yeah. the tone. Yeah, it definitely had a different feel. I was expecting more, like more drama, like drama in like relationship type thing, not the really moody scene, like moody feel, which was mm-hmm. surprisingly refreshing. Mm-hmm. It was. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Me too. Yeah. Well, I hadn't watched it since back then. I've never. And so it. I really, never other than knowing the plot line, I totally like forgot all these little details. So it was mm-hmm. fun to rewatch it yeah. and remember like what 1990 was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just tell by the intro before the movie even starts, and you're like, "Ooh, are they having like problems with the real? Like, it's just looks really old." I thought Kevin Bacon's long hair looked good on him. I don't know if that was a wig or not, but it looked not good. Even- I used to think he was cute. I really did. I just don't. There's. I feel like his face got like squished, but like this way. Yeah, he's very pointy. How many degrees do you have between you and Kevin Bacon? I don't know. Six. Is that a thing? Separation. Yeah. Why does he have many babies out there? Like what's no? Just there's a thing back a while, a long time ago. While like fifteen years ago or something, where everybody would like have some certain amount of degrees connection. of connection to Kevin Bacon and like everybody like had six it six degrees so it's like like less six. like sometimes three I'm gonna have to okay. find my degrees we'll report back mm-hmm. become our patron if you want to figure out our degrees from Kevin Bacon learn. so they decide to get to it and film the experiment Randy Steckel and Joe Hurley have concerns but they're still there do you mind silencing your phone? And they have an interesting little conversation about, is it murder if they're only dead for a little while? <laughs> right. That's a good, uh, you know, uh, ethical consideration. Mm-hmm. Like, am I killing you? There was definitely a lot of ethical questions that were... Mm-hmm yeah considered maybe i think i would i would err on the side of i'm not killing you unless you die right and don't come back so you have to take that risk right i can see how it'd be exciting to be like part of something so on the forefront though 
Mm-hmm. I mean, to it's be still a, technically to basically on the prove life now. after death. It's still on the forefront now. We could technically do this. Are people do has there do we been have a team that has done this? A moody, blown up war hospital we can use. use? <laughs> Let us know if you know one. And then, so they did the thing, and Rachel Manis said, "Brain death. Now it's real." Mm-hmm. So that got me on this like whole little thing where I wanted to look up something. Mm-hmm. So there's something called the Uniform Determination of Death Act. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, we've talked about how right. the, is somebody dead? Like, it's not as black and white as one might think. Mm-hmm. So there is a legal statute that was formulated in the early 1980s that has been adopted by all 50 states in the U.S. that defines the threshold of death as either one irreversible cessation of circulatory and respiratory function. So that would be our heart and lung mm-hmm. failure. Or, so there's an or, which is very interesting, two, irreversible cessation of all functions of the entire brain, including the brain stem. So that is brain death mm-hmm. that they're referring to in the movies. So there are cultural, cultural differences with this. So some groups including Orthodox Jews and Native Americans equate death to the heart stopping, not the brain. Mm-hmm. And the way they test this is not uniform mm-hmm. and not, and there's some ambiguity to it. So really the line between life and death is super fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Who's he? Who's a? So I learned there was a factual error in the film. There's a couple of them, but one <laughs> is the 1990s. <laughs> is the lack of cardio activity, which is known as the flat line, um, or the medical term is asystole, it's not treated with a defibrillator, oh. which is the electric shock. So don't oh. follow the instructions for real because <laughs> yeah. it won't work. Yeah. But instead you treat a flat line with alternating doses of epinephrine and atropine. But I can see in the film, like there's more dramatic effects with just doing the whole like. Ah. Right. Have you all ever worked a defib, an AED? I've been trained to use them. Yeah, same. I've done the training and I was like, I'm glad it walks you through it because I would be so panicked. Right. What about CPR? Yes. Oh, in real life? I've not done it in real life. But every first aid training, CPR training I go to, they're like, if you don't have an AD, you're dead. Hmm. Like CPR can can help. It's basically trying to get, but it has to be. Yeah, you have to get. It's not like how they t- kind of talk about it. Like you're gonna save their life in that moment, and like it's yeah, it's like you're just the t- trying to fill the gap for mm-hmm. the ambulance to get there. I yeah. did do Heimlich and save mm-hmm. somebody before. Yeah, my ex-husband who was choking on steak. Oh my gosh, you're a hero. Yeah. That's it was scary. crazy. Did it fly out the way that they said? He that barfed right on his plate. Nice. And then the server came back and said, Do you want that to go? And we were like so mm. mad and stressed. We're like, we like just like walked out of the restaurant. I feel like I could handle a Heimlich. I don't know I why. Think I could do that. I really you have long me. arms. Well, I just know. I feel like two that would fingers try. above the belly button. You yeah. gotta like position your hands up a certain way. Up. I just do the baby yeah. on your knee. 
Right. That one scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I mean, every CPR class is like, you have to be prepared that you will be breaking ribs. Yeah. Like, feel that. Can you imagine a baby like breaking their ribs? But you have to. Gotta do what you gotta do. So I'm glad I remembered that. I need to remind my ex that I did save his life once. (laughs) Just Just, back pocket. Bring it up periodically. So the experiment works. Nelson is dead for a minute and is brought back and they're all like giddy. And Rachel's like, I want to go next and kind of ups the ante. I'm going to do one minute, 20 seconds. But then Joe ups the ante to one minute, 30 and goes next. Which sounds very like drug seeking at this point. It's like, <laughs> oh, amping up, amping up, but like trying to outdo each other. Cause, cause they're still at this point, they're not getting the answers that they thought they would. Like, it's not an answer to that. Like, there's still like information gathering basically at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, this really bothered me that they did not really collect enough data at the end. Like, they didn't. Like, well, it became a horror movie at a certain point. Right. You wanted a spreadsheet. <laughs> I wanted them to have a group meeting. You wanted Notes a flow chart. There needed to be a whiteboard. They definitely. definitely talk about the negative stuff that was happening, like right from the. You beginning. wanted a pros and cons list. I was right. very upset that that was not. I I was surprised how like because it was moody throughout the whole thing, and then it did become like a, a scary movie, and I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't either. I yeah, I was like. Oh my gosh, they're using like a red filter light now. And it's getting crazy. Like there's an axe pig. Like, I don't like the kids. I don't like them scary children. I was like, Macy's getting so scared this part. I I just I how do yeah. No, it would have to end. So Joe gets to go. (laughs) And then Rachel again is like, I want to go next and ups the ante to 150. But then David ups the ante to 220 and gets to go next. So Rachel is continually getting overlooked here. Again, like she's just trying to like fit in with the group and they have to like not let her shine a bunch of buttholes. Yeah. I mean, I want to just say it was different cultural times. You know, I'm a big believer and we can't, you know, judge the past based on the morals of today right and I'm wondering did I think that that was weird back then was I like hey give her her shot Mm -hmm. or did I just accept it I don't remember I feel like there could have been a lot worse things that they were yeah or saying like it wasn't they were including her for the most part right right it wasn't like it was almost like she was standing up for herself and saying you guys are like Mm-hmm. you know not mm-hmm. giving me my shot like what the heck and right. standing up for herself so I feel like there was some good stuff going on and it took me a while yeah. to figure it out that she and Kevin Bacon Kircher were dating it okay. took me yeah. a while I don't were they dating I was gonna say they, I, I didn't even hooked up later I don't okay. think she was really not in, initially everyone liked her but she was kind of like I'm focused okay. on becoming a surgeon like, right get away from me and then but eventually like, everybody falls for Kevin Bacon. Yeah, like he's not saying bacon, and she's like, okay, bring I'm home the bacon. Who doesn't like bacon? And those so so then the question comes up: are those who have died and come back experiencing some possible negative effects as a result of the experiment? Probably that's happening. Probably. Yeah, probably. 
so here's another factoid I'm peppering in. I looked up because I kind of wanted to balance fact with fiction. What are the limits to reversal of death? Good question. Because they're upping the ante, right? They're wanting to go for longer and longer periods of time. I'm like, wow, like, would somebody really be clinically dead for, you know, two and a half minutes, three minutes and be able to be revived? Well, listen to this. There is no specific duration of clinical death at which the non-functioning brain clearly dies. Hmm. None. Weird. Reduced body temperature during clinical death slows the rate of injury accumulation and extends the time period during which clinically death can be survived. It is said in emergency medicine, nobody is dead until they are warm and dead. Mm, warm and dead mm -hmm, because if the body's Filled. cooled you can sustain that period of right life so basically when you start to rotting at that point you're, you're oh your when body's... the body starts warming back up again well like if you're just left to the elements yeah so to speak and you're not being cooled mm -hmm. then you, you will be alive die. for a long time if you're in the cool okay yeah 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 so, i had a i had a thing about the time so it seemed like the time matched, like how long they were out with about how long the experience was. And I wondered mm. if that was like a real, that's a good, like, like was it in real time? Yeah. Cause like some of the experiences I read from when I, from my topic, it was like, it would longer. seem like it seem much like longer. Like you're away for experience. like a year. Right. Something. But it may have only been seconds, you know? And so they seemed to kind of match up the time from what I saw. That's a good point. Rachel finally gets her turn, but in another factual error, keeps on her underwire bra, which is a no-no when doing electrical shocks. And I know it's an underwire because they did not have wireless bras back then. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was probably because Julia's like, I am not showing my boobs. Yeah, so. probably like <laughs> in her contract. Yeah. She's like, we just hit the 90s, guys. I like, know. slow down. Yeah. <laughs> She's under for more than four minutes and they have trouble bringing her back, but they are able to bring her back. Mm -hmm. The group then starts talking about when they come back to life, they may be bringing the sins of their past with them. Yeah, this is where it started getting weird for mm -hmm. me of like, oh, okay, here's where it becomes a horror show. Yeah. Well, I started to really reflect on like the sins of my past. I'm like, oh, hell no. If I have to face that, if there's like judgment day after I die, like that would be fucked up. But that doesn't really align with most of the experiences that were shared by people, yeah. like of it being a pleasant experience. Well, maybe it's yeah. if it's heaven or hell. Well, and on how bad you were. There's one point when he's like standing, he's like, sorry, God, for stepping on your toes. Like he has this moment and like, maybe it's that too of like, this isn't God's doing, so to speak, you because that's movie realm, shouldn't be. right? Like, because they're meddling, mm -hmm. it's that, you know, like, don't be meddlers. Maybe that's the moral of the story. Don't I think there's don't probably meddle. some sort of reflection in my mind of like that review where you go back through the memory review. Yeah. But obviously you're not, I mean, well, fact that when you come back there's not going to be like they had it like hauntings. hauntings yeah like all of a sudden ghosts were now especially the ones like chopping with an ice pick or whatever but maybe that's that what is. happens when you mess with us though who knows i, I mean, mean most only people Kevin are Bacon, really going to 
we'll try know. to do this like experimentally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they start having to face up to the sins of their past mm-hmm. so joe the playboy starts hearing all his lines and lies fed back to him i kind of enjoyed that mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's good <laughs> and then david um the kevin bacon one decides to try to go make amends to the girl that he and his schoolmates bullied back in elementary school. Yeah. And I really thought that this was a a great example of the difference between intention and impact. Like he was like, it was sort of self-serving. Like I want to make myself feel better, but want to do this apology. apology. I'm doing the right thing but then like what's the impact on that person that's just trying to live their life and and has moved past all that or maybe it didn't even bother her that much back in the day but now you're like stirring the pot yeah it seems like her reaction well and even like him it was like almost a slap in the face that he would come there and apologize now like when she's like I'm not the ugly girl anymore it was kind of like a you saying this to me now is saying that you still think that on some level and you're apologizing it's bringing the it. past and into the present and right and it's I not think relevant you need to have somebody's permission before doing that like because hey. some people work very hard to leave the past in the past right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and did he really care only he just wanted to like get his own to stop ghosts. right to stop which, that. which is true he didn't go there before this point mm-hmm. he didn't think about it before this point yeah i mean she was scary mm-hmm. calling him out in the Ooh. subway i just have a i just had a random thought what if because they were like meddling so much with you like that word tonight it's my meddling. word meddling Scooby-Doo. and are you meddling kids <laughs> meddling in in that zone but not quite getting there maybe it's the brain's way of trying to find resolution because the brain's thinking like you're not passing why aren't you passing let's find the problems that you're holding on to the guilt and things so you can go and fix those so you can pass on it's some really intense Mm -hmm. brave solution focused therapy and i'm here for it me too maybe we need to start and it's focused killing group. all our clients or kill all <laughs> no disclaimer we don't do that um <laughs> we don't do that we would have a solid informed consent form it's very ethical <laughs> please read your consent forms that's number two i know you guys don't do it you just scroll and sign it you read should it. read it i have some interesting stuff in mind about like what happens after i die no mine's in there Coincident- too. coincidentally yeah, yeah i'm like in the case of my untimely death no you don't Yes. Yes. I say yes. Macy will I'm take over all my cases. And she's in mine. Yes. Yeah. We're, supposed we're to... each other's death buddies. Yeah. You want to be you a, need death a death buddy? buddy? I thought of this because I'm like, what happens if I die? It's a legit thing. Nobody's so going to tell my people. I have we could be a death ripple. I have a professional okay. will that has access to my passwords and stuff. Who's going to take care of my clients? The disclosure I want sent to my clients okay, at that time. We need time. to talk more about this. Yeah. Help. It's important because people die sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it just and then, happens. And then my clients would just sometimes like, my, pers- my they, therapist is abandoning me. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And and it's like, make sure it, it, there's like timelines attached and how you want your business. Because then you, if you have a private practice, how do you want that business to be handled? How do you want to be closed? Right. Yeah. That's exciting. So Finally. sometimes people don't die. And we're going to caveat about that after the podcast because I have a little juicy tidbit for you that is horrifying for me. Okay. okay. You're welcome. Yep. It's just I like to leave that teaser in there. 
for you too, because I just remembered that I forgot to tell you. Okay, I'll remember to remind you. Okay, is Don't atonement at me? is atonement in the present the answer to this to karmic problem? Ow, it tickled. I hate it. David, who has received forgiveness, he thinks, um, believes this, that that's the answer. So they all start thinking about this. Well, how do I atone in the present for sins of the past? And then what if the person who haunts you is dead? Rachel thinks she caused her dad's death. And it's revealed that Nelson's nemesis, the really terrifying Billy Mahoney, who apparently um, Nelson killed when they were kids, is also dead. So how do you atone in the present if the person that haunts you is dead? That's that, some act work, right? There's some acceptance and commitment therapy, probably. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was going to, at first, that he was going to go to the kid's mom and ask for forgiveness, but then it went way off. Yeah, no, it, things got weird. <laughs> things got weird fast. Because I was thinking that, how would you atone if somebody is dead then? But yeah, just. I think on some level, it's just admitting that you did a bad thing and that in your own heart. And that you have to feel bad for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Sorry, mm-hmm. you don't always get to feel good about what you do if you've done something bad. Mm-hmm. Well, in this fictional film, Rachel is able to find peace with her past. Like she goes through this cool vision experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what was going on. What was the shot that the dad did? He was doing drugs. Yeah, I think it was drugs. It was 1990s reference to maybe heroin. He was a veteran who came back from the war and was having maybe. like... PTSD and couldn't handle it and he was using drugs to like cope cope and then he might have taken too much and, and overdosed either overdosed or freaked out when she came in he just couldn't mm-hmm. handle it and he ran out and shot himself in the car oh okay I, I wasn't really feeling a strong connection between her thinking that she caused his death and then her because- feeling like she was forgiven for that she went into the room where he was doing drugs and then the mom and then when she opened the door the mom came and goes he the dad ran out because he didn't I don't think he didn't want the little girl or Julia to see it whatever her name was in the movie <laughs> little so baby Julia he ran away he's like I can't deal with this I'm right. trying to do drugs and my daughter's coming in and I'm I got to get out like I got to kill myself and the mom mm-hmm. turns and says this is your fault. Oh. So then the whole time she thought she did that to like she caused oh. the death of the dad. But by what? By going into the by bathroom. Going into the bathroom. Yeah, by going just going okay. into the bathroom. I can so, see like a little kid like using that together. That's why she was so confused. Because she did seem kind of confused as an adult about and like there's a lot of like not talking, like I don't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because it probably logically as an adult, she knew it didn't make sense. But her, you know, inner child self probably had some guilt and unresolved okay uh, that makes a little more sense to me i was like i'm not really connected yeah i forgot about the whole actually him killing himself part of it Mm -hmm. but now something needs to be done about billy mahoney who keeps trying to put a pickaxe into nelson's head i just I didn't understand this part fully (laughs) most far-fetched so nelson decides to go under again on his own, being a rogue rebel. Um, 
so he's experimenting on himself. And I wrote some questions that I had. When is it a good idea? When isn't it to do these self experiments? Mm -hmm. Well, wasn't his whole, I mean, he didn't care if he was going to die at that point. He felt like he deserved to die for what he did. Right. Cause he wasn't expecting them to revive him. They just ran in. And do you think he did that? the whole thing from the beginning because he had like unresolved like because he was pretty like dark and brooding yeah about <laughs> it from the get-go didn't he have a trench coat on in the opening scene <laughs> i saw um, feelings i mean that is like Spokane the fashion statement of dark and brooding especially known yeah. for like if you drive down sprig in the valley during summertime at least one person is wearing a trench coat in unbearable heat and you're like how and they must be up to no good no not i don't think that i'm just like I, i'm gonna you buy know, a trench coat you're apparently way cooler than me because you're up to no good because i'm dark and brooding and up to no good <laughs> and up to no good that's a podcast title dark brooding and up to no good <laughs> for a few flatliners <laughs> so before we thought like is it murder you know now i'm wondering is that suicide it's kind of yeah so that i mean related gravely disabled would be making like medical decisions about yourself that aren't considered healthy like if you stop taking your diabetes medication <laughs> um that could be considered if you're intentionally doing something that you know could kill you but mm -hmm. you don't but you're like i'm not trying to kill myself it still could be considered suicide even if it's for the greater good of humanity I mean, do they really do they really establish that though? I don't think that was established. I oh. think they did speak about like how famous they would be. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't I didn't hear good for humanity. <laughs> I heard like we're gonna beat get the baby awards. boomers and get awards <laughs> and like answer like almost this like we need to be like omnipotently aware of everything. Yes, humans. Like That's my middle name. Omnipotently <laughs> aware of everything. So Nelson's friends, you know, they're like caught on to what's going on. So they race in there and they try desperately to revive him. He's dead for over 12 minutes. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's having a showdown with Billy Mahoney <laughs> and ends up finding peace with him and almost follows him into the light. But then he's called back by these renewed and desperate efforts to revive him. So it was like he needed more time to get to his resolution. Some people got there sooner because they didn't have his more guilt versus you did do something wrong. So his um, atonement was partially because then he fell from the tree and got impaled, right? Wasn't that how Billy Mahoney was like smiley um, and happy? <laughs> I don't think so. I, well, <laughs> what happened? Y'all just watched it just before this. I watched it like two weeks ago because I did my homework early. It was more that he was show like he was making him feel what he went through so that he could understand what he put the kid through. So I think oh. the whole time he was still like, screw you, little kid. Like, I don't care. Like, come on, Billy. Let's go. Like, he was Billy? Really Why are they always named Billy? Yeah, I've never like, met a Billy in my he, real like, life. His heart was not, like, feeling remorse. He was more sad that he killed his dog. No. I used to have a crush on a Billy that I grew up with. Billy, Billy. if you're out there, you know who you are. <laughs> oh, God. Don't. 
hang it up no don't those never hang work out no no um no. but then he said you know he said i'm the sorry past the past. he said sorry oh my right? god at least the past in the past the whole thing full circle hakuna matata well, you can see that there was a lot of this film that I was trying really hard to understand. And maybe the key to 1990s films is just going for the ride and not right. really trying mm-hmm. to understand it to this level. There was one right. other big thought I had, big brain thought I had on this mm-hmm. movie was, um, I don't remember the people's names in the movie. I just remember like Baldwin, the Baldwin character. Um, his atonement, did you, did you guys pick up on what his atonement was? Because he was never able to go back and say sorry to all these women that he mm-hmm. screwed oh, yeah, with. Yeah. Did you catch? What? No, what was his? I can't remember. And so what I thought was that the the now fiance, I think he was engaged finally, or he was going to. He really loved her, and oh, he was finally like, yeah. "This is the one." Like, I really want to change for this one. And then she found the tapes, and she's like, "I'm out of here." So it's mm-hmm. like he had to pay. In real time. In the real like, time, yeah. He never was able to like go back and say sorry, but by him being punished, maybe he would life, change. Was his atonement? Is what I yeah saw. that like yeah so that concept that everything that goes around comes around. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a final statement that I wrote: life and death, judgment, atonement in the house of God. Hmm. Because they're doing all this in a churchy place. Right. Right. Which it is was very aesthetically. Very narcissisty, like play God of them. I mean, I'd be scared being in there at night. It's a bit just Frankenstein-y there. almost. Like, I'm bring the, like, the lightning in. <laughs> oh, and then the power <laughs> went out. That was scary. Yeah. yeah. Revive. Right. Create life. From, from death. death. <gasps> It was a Frankenstein movie. Oh my God. And bring it back to our Abbey Normals, Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. <laughs> you have to watch it. If you're our people, if you're our tribe, you know and love that movie. So. And if you haven't, but you want to be our people, we'll accept you after we'll take, the fact. Yeah. Late comers is fine. Late bloomers. We're all good. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the movie? It was actually worth watching. Like it, it was a doable. Like it, um, if you're looking for a flick, <laughs> who talks like that? Bored tonight. Hey, you're looking for a flick. I've been <laughs> called an old person so many times in my life. It's... <laughs> you're an old soul. Or I've been called awkward. One of the two. Um, if you're looking for a flick, it's a great one to watch. Uh, you can, um peruse that when you feel bored flickery yeah oh i was really upset because i bought this movie on i bought it me too but then i had to go somewhere is it free somewhere else on tubi the hell's tubi i know tubi I don't know. I so found it on free? my phone and it was free and it was the whole movie on my phone. Uh, then always check Tubi first. Check Tubi. They got free movies. I mean, really, my whole takeaway from all of this experience is what goes around comes around and you better yeah. stop meddling. <laughs> well, save advice. that for you until next time in a second. That was my oh. until next time. Yeah. Well, we got to say if you didn't 
listened to our last episode, we talked about near-death experiences. It was dope AF, and that's what inspired actually this episode. Right. Please consider being our supporter on Patreon. You get Patreon. tons of exclusives, and it really helps us fund this because obviously we do not have a team it's just us and we're just bumbling through it all but we enjoy it we love what we do and we love that you love what we do so thanks for being here and until next time stop meddling and what goes around comes around i'm using it because i wanted to and i have nothing That's else a good one. and maybe try to do your atonement now while you're alive so you don't have to fuss with all that after death. Ooh, and read your disclosure statements, your informed <laughs> consents. How about you? Mm, yeah, I guess like just check in with your heart. Go back and say sorry to people that maybe you heard in the past. You have such nice ones. It's I know. Well written in your that's, brain. That's what we have, sir, to balance out this darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm very like connected to the darkness. Oh, that's why you're here. You wouldn't be yeah. here otherwise. You would have left already. I'd like sit in the darkness and then like pull you to the light. I love it. I need good, that. Good fucking luck. Bye. Bye. <laughs>